Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, you cheeky fast cat. What? Um, I think George Formby used to say you cheeky fast cat. Did he? Okay. My mum says my mum says it, and my auntie Arnie always said it when I was growing up. I think they got it off George Formby, and what I think it was was uh, like a, a stand-in word for a profanity. Oh. Like um, yeah, so I think it would have been bastard. So I think instead of saying you cheeky bastard. They used oh, to say, you cheeky, cheeky fast, fast cat. cat. Okay. There we go. I don't feel like a cheeky fast cat, but thank, thanks anyway. <laughs> I think it's the sort of thing that I should be, but I'm not. Um, so, I, uh, so I've got some good news and some bad news. Which, which will I start with? Good. The good news is my wife and I went out for lunch. We are sitting having a lovely romantic meal in a restaurant, a brasserie, a bistro. I don't know what it is, but we're having a nice time. I would say we're having a nice time. I'm not in a great mood because I feel like we've been given a bad table. Right. And I feel that too close to the other tables, you know, just when you're keeping your elbows reined in, it's Mm. got a touch of that to it. Anyway, my mood is lifted when a nice lady comes over and says, Oh, are you are you the the guy who does the podcast? You are the guy who does the podcast, aren't you? I said, I said yes, and she says, "Would you come over and say hello to my daughter?" Okay, um, she uh, listens to it all the time. So I go over and I talk to the lady's daughter, and it turns out that she lives in Singapore, and she's a big fan of the podcast. And uh, her and her friends used to listen to it back in the. UK, right. and now she lives over there, and she feels it get, keeps her connected to home, and it's really nice to to meet me. So she says, "That's lovely." Do you want to know what I don't know? What? Which podcast she means? Ah, uh, uh. <laughs> so in all likelihood, she means the other one, right? And I only say that statistically because yeah. that one gets a lot more listeners because it's got Ed Miliband on it. Oh. But I didn't, I didn't want to go. Oh, could I? Could I just ask? <laughs> Which one is it? Do you mean reasons for cheerful or adrift? Uh, I really want to know now. Me too. I think it's adrift. I don't know why. Can I give you the other piece of the equation that I've, deliber- I've deliberately oh. withheld some information? Yeah, go on. Do you want to know who the mum was? Who? Lorraine Kelly. No. Yes. Now all I want is it to be adrift. You are 
joking. No. You're joking. No, it was really weird. So Lorraine Kelly came over to me and, and you know, because I'm bad with faces, I didn't really know it was her until I was a couple of minutes into the comment, the, 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 the marriage of the voice and the face and thinking, oh, it's definitely her. And then she said, oh, you should come on my show sometime. And of course, she was just saying that. Yeah. Like, but um, it was, it was oh, quite, now, it was now quite this is a moment. Me. Like, does Lorraine Kelly know me or not? Like, this is basically what you're saying. Yeah. <gasps> and then, then the, the other thing that was sort of funny was the waiter, I think, had got the impression that I was just some guy who'd seen Lorraine Kelly and had gone over to her oh. table bothering he swept in and oh. said, ladies, would you like to see the dessert menu? Would like, you'd like me to talk you through it? He's just trying to get rid of me. So shall I change the toilet? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to do a lot of Googling now and find out. I don't yeah. know how, but I'm going to find out. Mm. Uh, so so that's that, that was the sort of good thing that happened. Okay, bad news then. The bad news is, I have mentioned that there's another Jeff Lloyd. Right. Do you know what I'm talking in about? In existence. Here? Well, I know there's, there was one, there was a professor of geology who was uh, based in Leeds, who was always the number one Jeff Lloyd on Google for a long time. Yeah. I think there were a lot of academic papers with other websites linking to them. But as my star rose, I managed to knock, knock him off the top spot. Yeah. I think at one point I was, if not the number one Jeff on Google, I was G Jeff, this is, but yeah. I was on the. I was on the front page of Google's Jeff listing. But anyway, that that aside, Impressive, I'm really blowing my own trumpet here. I've got low self-esteem. <laughs> I need to hold on to these things as and when they come up. But um, no, I, I, I've definitely told you about this. There is a Jeff Lloyd in Australia who must have a, an email address very close to mine. Ah. And he keeps giving my email out inadvertently. Right. And then I'm... Yeah, you know, often replying, or, or for a long time was often replying to people mm. saying, "Oh, you've got the wrong Jeff Lloyd. I think yours is an Australian guy. Get him to get in touch with him. Get him to you know give you his real email address. Or the next time you see him, tell him that he's given out the wrong email address." And there was, do you remember? I, I sort of played a prank. It wasn't very nice. Oh, I've got a vague memory of this. I can't quite remember the detail, but it was along the lines of I got sick of it at some stage, and somebody emailed him. I'd been replying to these constantly and somebody had emailed him saying, do you still want me to come over to talk about the business plan on Sunday afternoon? Mm. So I emailed back saying, yeah, uh, come at four and could you do me a favour? Could you pick me up a dozen <laughs> kiwi fruit <laughs> or something like that, right? So that some stranger would have turned up at his house or some business associate would have turned up at his house with a load of fruit. I can't remember if it was kiwi fruit, oh, but it was something like that. Yeah. And then, then to be fair the emails did seem to drop off for a while <laughs> after surprised, that yeah. but something bad has started happening yeah. jeff lloyd in australia appears to be signing up for a lot of adult websites because i am getting a lot of porny spam at the moment oh. and it's all sort of meet grannies for sex in the melbourne oh, area jeff so lloyd in australia you dirty I know. What should I do? When you say spam, would you mean it's coming on through e- through email? Is yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not on your like your sidebar, like turning up as an ad. No, that doesn't happen with porn. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, like say for example, you were you were researching a lot um, slippers for old people, and suddenly oh, I've seen adverts. You're for suddenly it. you're seeing, but I'm guessing porn doesn't work. That right? Way, no, 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 no. I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know. Right, but I'm guessing. Right, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you're getting a lot of oh, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff Lloyd in Australia. Meet mature ladies for. No strings wow. attached. Fun <laughs> in Sydney. 
What are you going to do about it? Are you going to send him? I mean, I've looked at long haul flights. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear stories of social woe from our drifters. Uh, Who's the first one from? Andy. What does Andy say? This. As a seasoned commuter into London, I have adopted the classic tactic, tactic, beloved of most London-based drifters, I'm sure, of not engaging with my fellow passengers. That's a good mantra, don't engage. Yeah. I haven't always done this, but experiences over the years have taught me that this is a wise move. For example, I was seated on a completely empty train some years ago when a woman sat right next to me and without pause started discussing how the doctors at the local hospital had changed her long-term medication. I expect they know what they're doing, I said in what I hoped was a soothing way. No, she shouted, they don't. She then, without pausing for breath for at least 15 minutes, told me in huge detail what was wrong with the NHS and her treatment. Luckily, her speech was cut short by the fact that she had to get off at a station after she calmly informed me she didn't have a ticket. Then there was the drunken youth who insisted we had to play scissors, paper, stone for most of the journey before, bizarrely, feeling the urge to throw his scarf out of the train window. I just about dissuaded him. (laughs) Or on another occasion, a guy who proclaimed loudly to a packed train that I looked just like the Prime Minister. He looks just like Tony Blair, doesn't he? Now, for the record, I really don't bear any resemblance (laughs) at all to the former Labour leader, a fact borne out by the mute reaction of our fellow passengers. (laughs) Then there was the man who regaled me at some length about how he was prepared to break his bail conditions by refusing to report to his local police station. All these things happened to me on trains, hence my strategy of avoiding eye contact with fellow passengers. But one day, this would backfire in the most embarrassing way. I was sitting waiting for my train to leave London one night, my nose deep in a book, an excellent prop for avoiding conversations, when a man sat down opposite me and said cheerily, Hello, have you had a good day? Fine, thanks, I muttered, not looking up from my book. There was no way I was getting involved in a conversation that night, and for the rest of the journey, nose firmly in book remained my position until I rose to get off at my station. I was dimly aware that the man who had spoken to me was also getting off, but the chances of further conversation were nil. Or so I thought. Outside the station, my wife was waiting in the car to drive me home. Is Victor with you? She asked as I got in. Victor? Yeah, we're giving him a lift home. At that moment, the rear door of the car opened and Victor, our next door neighbour, got in. The penny dropped as I realised we'd been sitting opposite each other for 40 minutes and that he tried to make friendly conversation, which I'd rudely rebuffed. Of course, I apologised profusely, explained the thing about not talking to people on trains, and he smiled rather fixedly and nodded. The 10-minute car journey was not helped by my wife laughing and telling me how daft I was. But in fairness to me, mine and Victor's working schedules were always very different, and we'd hardly exchanged more than a few words in the months that we'd lived next door to each other. Victor and his wife moved house a few months later, but I bet to this day he thinks back to that rude man that he used to live next door to. Oh, that's wonderful. And Isn't obviously it? with my face stuff, I can strongly strongly relate to that. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. Poor Victor. I know. Poor Victor. <laughs> what must Victor have been thinking? Oh, my darn. Oh, my darn. Annie says, my mum has IBS. She'd just gotten off a long-distance flight and had ster- terrible stomach pains throughout. After getting off the plane, she was waiting for her bags and had to make a dash to the bathroom. It was busy and she had an uncomfortable wait in the queue. She finally made it into the cubicle and began farting very loudly. 
The way she decided to deal with this was she began shouting from the inside of the cubicle, sorry, <laughs> sorry, everyone, sorry, people, and continued to fart for several minutes. She was finally ready to leave and on her way out, gave another apology to the whole queue. <laughs> How she has managed to produce such a repressed daughter, I don't understand. I am so glad I wasn't there for this. I asked her how she'd feel if I shared the story. She was happy for it to be shared. No shame, not oh, a drifter. so good. I sort of feel like public toilets are a bit like a Wild West. Like there'll be people standing urinating and passing flatus at the same time mm, right and everyone's just pretending like it doesn't happen but that person feels this is a, just a safe space to expel whatever needs to get out I'm, I'm doing it now and i'm not acknowledging it the fact that she was saying sorry everyone oh, it's so good. To them. it's so good oh i'd love i'd love to have been in that toilet <laughs> <sighs> and this is from simon Many years ago, when I was 17, I was working as a programme seller at Reading Festival. It was my first festival and I was terrified that I was going to be scammed or robbed and lose all my programmes and had to pay for them myself. I'm a small guy now and back then a gust of wind would have sent me toppling. So I had to drag my big bag of programmes around with me and leave them on the floor in front of me. I wasn't a great programme seller and got the impression people only bought them for me out of sheer sympathy. One day while standing in the field working hard, a guy came up and asked the price. The moment I told him, six pounds, he dropped to the floor and started shaking, conveniently landing on my bag of programmes. He was trying to rob my programmes and I needed to act. As I slowly started dragging my bag out from underneath him, his accomplice comes over and starts rambling about how he is epileptic and that I need to call for help. This pair really seem to know what they're doing and I bet that the moment I'd left they do a runner and later reminisce about how they beat the system. After an agonising standoff, all the time me pulling my bag from underneath the convulsing man's head, oh. an ambulance was called and the man got the medical attention oh. he needed. Oh. Oh. Probably the most awkward part of this whole ideal, while the man was being treated, I managed to drag my bag of programmes a few metres away <laughs> and could feel their death stares on me while I continued to work. That's oh. oh, too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, send us your story, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. All right, Annabelle, let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Part 46. How much of my day I spend internally annoyed with other people, which is most of it. At the moment, I probably devote around half of my day being annoyed about how my boyfriend's friend invited him, but not me, to a wedding in Cornwall on the Easter weekend. Even though I know for a fact they've only seen each other once in the last six years. Don't invite him, leaving me on my own with a two-year-old for the whole Easter weekend. And obviously, I have equal annoyance with my boyfriend for accepting this invitation. Of course, yeah, yeah. Don't go. It's not okay, is it? Doesn't confirm no. this for me. I mean, do you feel? Is the can you not connect to any relief that you haven't been invited to a wedding? No, I just feel intense irritation that I'm going to be on my right, own Easter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other half of my waking day, I'm annoyed at how much the theme from the CBBC show Timmy Time is going round and round my head. <laughs> Timmy, <laughs> it's Timmy. Oh, God. <laughs> but these two things, even though they are the tip of an iceberg, they are the constant background annoyance. Yesterday, I made a list of everything that annoyed me that day because I want to see if this is normal or not. Okay, so here it is. Number one, being woken up by my upstairs neighbour getting up at 5.45am. I honestly just don't think he needs to get up that early. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if he does it despite me. He's, 
He's not a milkman or a postman or a paper boy. So why does he need to get up that early? He's a lecturer. He lectures students. Students don't get up until at least 10am. So something weird is going on here. And also, it's not the sound of an alarm that wakes me, although that would be irritating. It's the sound of him physically getting out of bed. Who gets out of bed so loudly that it wakes someone up in a different flat? It sounds like he's got a waterbed, but surely he can't because he's in his 60s or older. Like, only bachelors in their 30s and the 1970s have yes. waterbeds, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so annoying. Number two, when about to cross a road on the way to playgroup, a car just stopped blocking my way to drop someone off, but then they took ages getting out of the car. So annoying. Three. At Playgroup, my son insists on taking off his shoes to go on a mini trampoline and then wouldn't put them back on again. Also refused to put his coat on when we left, but that's so normal. I've actually lost the ability to be annoyed. It's more of a (laughs) crushing, helpless desperation feeling now. My son refused to put his coat on when he left nursery today and he insisted on getting an ice cream. (laughs) And and it's... yeah, in a way, I just don't care. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't want him to get too cold, but if he doesn't want to put a coat on, I'm not going to wrestle him anymore into it. Right. It's the judgment from other people that gets you, isn't it? Ah, oh, that he's going to yeah, that Especially coat in this neighbourhood where it's so sort of like a certain type of um, bohemian. Right. Uh, parent who sees sees your kid eating an ice cream and thinks, why isn't that kid eating celery? (laughs) I feel judged if he's wearing a coat but not a hat, which is all the time. He won't wear a hat. Why is he not wearing a hat? And this, whether you're wearing a hat, it's like that thing, like that Bible story about the the dad on a donkey and his son like leading it. Like, what? You put a hat on for yourself, but you haven't done one for your son. Like, I feel it's like that. Number four, when we got home, I built what I considered to be a pretty good tower with some blocks that was intricate and symmetrical and solid and attractive. And I had quite a long fantasy about retraining as an architect. (laughs) And then my son came and knocked it down with his head and then laughed. That's really annoying. Five, I bought some nice sourdough bread that came pre-sliced. When I pulled a bit out, they hadn't sliced it right down to the bottom. So I had to rip at it and the bread tore. I've got enough to deal with with sourdough with those holes in it. Like, yeah. I don't need bad slicing as well. No. Six had to hunt all over the flat for my computer charger as my boyfriend uses it to charge his phone, even though my computer is a Mac and his phone is a Samsung. That a bit annoys me more than having to look for it. And I don't know why. Like, maybe I feel my charger is cheating on me. I don't know. Number seven, my keyboard spacebar is sticky. And number eight, I took the dog for a walk in the woods and came across a woman who wanted to know if there was a shortcut there to the Crown Court. And I said there wasn't. And she said, oh, there must be. What am I supposed to say to that? She had to say, well, no, there isn't. Do you think this is a normal amount to be annoyed in one day or do I have an annoying life? I think that sounds pretty normal. Okay, I feel much better for that. Thank you. Not long now. To what? Till we get to go to Mamma Mia, the party. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. My wife arranged for my Christmas present that uh, me and her and Annabelle and Annabelle's lover, Tom, and my other friends, Nick and Catherine, we're going to go to Mamma Mia, the party, which is uh, a recreation in London's Docklands of the Greek Taverna from the film Mamma Mia, which is a singing and dancing spectacular where I believe the waiting staff perform songs from the film or there's some show component to it i don't even know what happens but I, I, i'm so excited it's gonna about be amazing it. it's yeah it'll be so good and we get dinner as well yeah, yeah i wish i could be cryogenically frozen until it happens until it happens just to speed it up a bit i just want it to be now yeah, you yeah, know yeah. But, but anyway it's, it's another week i think so mm. uh next week's podcast will be the pre mama the me and the party <laughs> podcast this isn't the pre is it this is the pre pre yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um 
I, I was going to tell you about some. I was going to abuse this podcast to just plug something I've been working on. Okay, which is. Uh, going to be released as a podcast on Monday, and then it's going to be every week for a little while for for a series. And it's a thing called Ricky and Tony Pop Detectives, mm. and I'm not on it, but uh, my my fingerprints are on it. If you know what I mean. Yep. So it's Ricky Wilson from the Kaiser Chiefs, and Tony Blackburn, the veteran broadcaster, national treasure. And they have opened a pop detective agency, and they're going to be solving mysteries from the world of music. Mm. For example, Debbie Harry claims that when she was a young woman, she was hitchhiking and she got picked up by Ted Bundy. Is it true? Well, Ricky and Tony are going to be delving into their their case files and they're going to be finding out whether things like that are true. So uh, it'd be great if you subscribed to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, you know, look on whatever you get your podcasts from. If you just search Ricky and Tony Pop Detectives, I think there's a trailer up now. Okay, great. So uh, you'll be uh, you'll you'll be able to um you'll be able to listen to that from Monday onwards. Wonderful. Yeah. It's very weird they did a couple of episodes here. So oh, here's Ooh. a question for you. So who sat in my seat and who sat in uh, your seat? I think that oh. It's a good question, isn't it? I think Ricky Wilson sat in my seat. You think Ricky Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. It was Tony Blackburn. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Uh, so that's that's coming out on Monday. I'm trying to think if I've got anything else going on at the moment I can tell them about. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of putting some stuff on eBay. Right, right. Just look yeah, out for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I don't know my username, but I'll read it out on next week's podcast while I'm just hawk- hawking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um just mention Patreon as well. While I'm up to date with the titles. I did a purge of those today, so you should have your title now. If you've this is, been this waiting. is great news. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, if you support us on Patreon, that's that's good news. It's like the New Year's honours list, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. And we're definitely doing before the end of February. We're definitely doing the Snaresbrook tour. Have you spoken to him, Tom? Um, what do you talk about in that marriage? Talking? I mean, not this common law marriage. No, we're not I know. married. You're um, what do we talk about? Would you about? ever get married again? No, but I might do a civil partnership. Oh, because you can because I can now. Yes, yeah, they changed the law, didn't they, at the beginning yeah. of the year? Why is why why a civil partnership? I'm interested to know. I don't know, legal reasons. Like when he leaves me, I'll have more rights. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I won't do either. You should do it. Should I do it? Why not? It's, you, I better ask him first. I, I spent years thinking we don't need no piece of paper from the city hall keeping us tied and true that was very much my attitude towards relationships Mm. and then when i got married my opinion changed somewhat Mm. firstly i don't think it's important or changes anything inherently in the relationship but what i think it does is just just something to break the monotony of life up Mm. a bit isn't it but when you're in a civil partnership what do you call the other person because like, would you still say that your lover? I think we still call him your lover, yeah. That, that would be my reason to do it, stop you saying lover. That's <laughs> literally the only reason. But I'd if, have to say your civil partner. Yeah, if, if you stop saying lover, I would do it. <laughs> I just can't imagine you being a civilised partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very, I can't imagine it either, so yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. of quick things um one is i can't remember who and i feel awful because it is one of our you know top tier drifters you know somebody who's been with us a, a long time i think tweeted the other day saying how much they miss at this time of year us giving our tv recommendations which i'm guessing we must have done a lot on the radio when new things started coming out uh... so i did want to mention the morning show on apple which isn't perfect uh but i am enjoying it. it's jennifer aniston who i think is very good and i say this as somebody who i'm not you know i've never seen i don't think a full episode of friends and i don't consider myself either a friend or a foe of jennifer aniston i feel very neutral about her occasionally i'll see her in something and think oh that wasn't bad and then other times i just think oh yeah it's jennifer aniston but she is excellent in this thing and then it's reese witherspoon who i have previously thought oh she is tremendous and in this, I think she's not quite operating at the same level. Oh, okay. she was so good in Big Little Lies, oh, I, love I thought. That. But yeah. anyway, but the the overall show is is good. It's kind of a Me Too drama about like a a, a morning TV show in America. Okay, uh, Steve Carell is, uh, is also in it, and oh, he, right. he's he's very good. So if you want something to watch, there's my recommendation. I know that you finally got round to Succession. Oh, so good. I'm about, I'm about halfway through season two now. Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Um, and then the other thing I was going to mention is I went to the pictures the other night mm. to see Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yes. Go on. Now, I, firstly, I just really, really liked it. And, and by the end, I think I, I, I loved it. But the weird thing is it's one of these films that they, they don't come along very often. But I get a text message when these films come out. Like I get every, every day from somebody saying, oh, I've just seen a film you will love. Oh, really? And then part of me thinks, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know what I love. And I take this baggage in when I go and see it, but I really liked it. Do you know the premise of it? Yeah, I think you've told me, but I've already forgotten, so please do yeah, it again. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's set in wartime Germany towards the end of the Second World War. It's a little boy who, because he's been brought up in Germany, just really wants to be in Hitler Youth. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there is an incident that happens which means he can't go along to the Hitler Youth camp or join in with the other kids anymore and he's so frustrated and he has an imaginary friend and his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler. Right. Now, if you're thinking this sounds crass and it's making light of something very serious, it's it's much smarter than that. It's okay. really warm and funny and lovely and moving and... It's 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 Taika. I can never say his surname. Waititi, I think his name is. He was he was almost like the third flight of the Concorde. I think he was sort of pals with them uh, when they were coming up, and then he did a film with Jermaine from Flight of the Concorde, which is one of my 
favourite comedy films. It's so funny and, again, so warm, called What We Do in the Shadows. Have you seen it? No. You would love it. I mean, you would be put off by it because it's about vampires. Yeah, I started watching it and then I stopped. Cause I you couldn't watch I didn't it. Like, my only watched like five minutes. I was like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not doing no, vampires. No, you honestly, it's really? so funny really? and okay. sweet. It's so okay, good. Okay, I'll go back, I'll go back. But they've also done a TV series of it, which is good, mm. but I don't think it's as good as the film. Okay. But, if, you know, don't don't watch the TV series first, watch the film first is my advice. Right. So Sarah and I went to the pictures to see it on Sunday night. And um, so we needed to get a babysitter. And we sort of exhausted our usual roster of babysitters. Nobody was free. Uh, and then it turned out there was a, a woman who was free who we'd used once before. Her name is Jen. She works at Eugene's Nursery. Okay. The previous time we'd used her was in an emergency Right. At very short notice, like a few hours notice, I got a phone call saying I needed to go to Salford to do some work for the BBC, mm-hmm. which I really wanted to take. But Sarah was working in Scotland. So all of a sudden, sudden, we've got this problem where we need a babysitter to be here until she gets back from Scotland late at night. Mm-hmm. And we try everybody and there's this whole panic and we're asking friends if they can look after Jean for a few hours. And they, you know, it's just, it was just before Christmas. So it was a perfect storm of nobody being around because they were at Christmas parties and, mm. and, and this, Lady did it at very short notice at Jean's nursery, but because it was short notice, we needed to pay her extra. Ah, okay. So we paid her on that emergency occasion mm. £25 an hour. Okay. Which is it's a lot. Is a lot. I think usually we pay 12 I don't know if that makes us stingy or not. No, that sounds about right. Right. So do you, <laughs> do you see where this is going? <laughs> yeah, of course I see where it's going, yeah. So we book her, yeah, she yeah. turns up, yeah. then we're on the way back from the pictures and oh. I say, how much are we oh. paying her, by the way? Like, does she think that £25 emergency rate yeah, yeah. is now the established rate? Yes. Or do we go back and say, actually, our going oh. rate is just less than half of that, so we're going to be paying you £12 an hour. And maybe she only did it she thought, well, they pay so much money yeah. and wouldn't have done it otherwise. So do you know what I did? I'm guessing you paid the full amount. Got back. Oh. And said, "Oh, I need the toilet. Can you sort? Uh, can you sort <gasps> Jen out with somebody, Sarah?" So Sarah did it. And what did she do? Tell me how she did it. Did you know. ask? Oh my god! <laughs> I just left them to oh, it. I just left them to that it. That's the best way to do it. Absolutely. Um, and then the the other thing I was going to mention. I said I had two things to mention. Is a, a while ago, I'd say a couple of months ago, uh, someone got in touch with me. It was a former colleague from my first radio station in in Stockport, uh, KFM Signal Cheshire, as it was known back then, and the drive time DJ Johnny Owen, jumping Johnny Owen, he used to be called, jumping Johnny Owen, mucking about and playing the music. Uh, he he got in touch and he still on radio and had decided because he was a great storyteller, he had loads of anecdotes about his own life. He decided to put them all into a book. Okay. And he'd, he'd found somebody who was going to publish this book for him. And he asked if I would write the, the foreword. Okay. And my heart sank. Because you don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to do anything. No, 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 obviously. And then like, I've got my problems with being gushy or sincere about somebody and all this you know I, I find it difficult to express myself in a, a a way that isn't flippant okay 
But I'm thinking, Johnny, was it like a bit of a mentor to me? I was, I like to think a, a protege of his. I used to read the travel news on his show. Okay. Used to go on, do film reviews sometimes. Like it was a great time of my life. In a way, it was like the happiest workplace I've ever been in. It was really sort of formative this time. And Johnny was a big part of that. Oh, okay. I used to really like him on radio as well. He's, mm. he's really, really good. And I like to think that for all of us who were there at that time, it was a bit of a golden time. Mm. I think, but oh, do I really want to be writing a foreword? I mean, what is that? Five hundred mm. words? Mm. I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I mean, what am I going to write? Like the pressure for it to be good. Like mm. his listeners probably don't know me now. Like his listeners these days, he's he's moved on. I've moved on. They, you know, they think, who is this guy writing a foreword? Oh, it's a lot it? of stress. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot, lot of stress. A mm. lot of stress. There's an added dimension to it. Mm. Johnny hasn't been very well. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, and it. it I mean, as, as I say this now, mm. in the middle of January, mm. it looks like he's on the mem. But for a lot of last year, it turned out when he wrote to me, mm. didn't didn't know if he was going to see Christmas or not. Oh, God. Okay. So I've, I've got you to, have to do it. Got yeah. to write this forward. So you, you, um, you did it, yeah? So I write this forward. You did? Okay, good. And I really sort of agonised over it, even even though he asked me to do it. And I said, mm. yeah, no, no problem. I'll, I'll do it for you, Johnny. And then... Uh, he wrote back like a day later and said, I need it very quickly in the next couple of days. Ooh. Okay, so, you know, there's a ticking clock and I'm worried that I'm not doing a good job because it's another time. But I think I do an all right job of it. Okay. Anyway, I noticed on Facebook that his, uh, his, his, his book is ready and you can order it. So instead of asking for a free copy, I went on Amazon and just, you know, without making a fuss... Mm-hmm. I got myself a copy of his book and I'm oh. holding it in my hand now. A proper job, question mm-hmm. mark, Living on the Radio by Johnny Owen. Some photos of him on the front. Open it up. Mm-hmm. Go straight to your bit, obviously. Oh, obviously. Yeah. We'll go to the contents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Forward, yeah. page seven. Straight, straight to there, yeah. Go to page seven. Mm-hmm. Start reading the, uh, the, the first sentence. It says, Johnny Owen is my best mate. I think, well, Johnny's, I mean, I, I love Johnny and respect him a lot, but it's many years since I've seen him. Right. And I definitely didn't write that he was my best mate. So Is, is he editing it? I like... flip over the page. Yeah. The foreword is written by John Kieran, <gasps> who was a, another former colleague of ours. <laughs> he asked more than one person then, picked his favourite. Is right. that what he did? So, and, uh, John, John was the, uh, the head of news at the radio <gasps> station at the time, and I know that they've been firm friends. And John now, I think, is the press officer for you, Mr. Maybe not even there anymore, but he's, he's had a lovely career and John is a great man. And to be honest, I think he, he's done a better job of writing a forward for Johnny because they've been closer over the decades in yeah. between. But what's going on there then? Well, I skimmed down the, the contents yeah. and then on a page 166. Oh, okay. Yeah. You've got the last word from Jeff Lloyd. You get the last word. Yeah, so my so my okay. foreword has been relegated. I've never heard of the last word. No, I haven't either. It's, like it's a whole new category. There it is. There it is. And the, the, the last of it, it's, it's, the, uh, oh. it's the back page. Okay. So I'm feeling slightly aggrieved that I've been relegated, but I think John is more deserving of the foreword than I am. Right. But then, you know, what I really want to read about hmm. is the... the the chapters about when we worked together and what yeah. went on at that radio station and the fun times that we yeah. had and all the characters and me. I mean, really, I want to read stuff about me. Obviously. What did he think of me? What funny stories are there about uh, me? Yeah. Don't get a mention. Not a I am not in, not, I'm not mentioned You've in that You've been written out of his history. Yes. <gasps> and honestly, there are some of the characters <sighs> mentioned are so peripheral <sighs> that I struggle to remember who they were. Oh. <gasps> And yet, 
me, who was asked to write the foreword and then relegated to the last word, it's, it's like I'm, I'm not in there. I, asked I made so little impression on him that he, he, he couldn't think of a single anecdote that had me in it. <laughs> I'm going to ask you something to which I think, I, well, I know I know the answer, yeah. so I don't know why I'm bothering. Have you brought it out with him? I d- well, I don't know how to. Because, <laughs> as I say, I mean, we've even now, apart from emailing, we've, we've not spoken. Right, right. I'm trying to think, how can I mention it in a passive-aggressive way? <laughs> where he wouldn't necessarily know how aggrieved I feel about it. Yeah, that's difficult. You could just say, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the sequel, which might feature me a bit more prominently. <laughs> this is worse than when my life insurance salesman wrote his autobiography. And... I wasn't mentioned in that. My life insurance salesman. I'd like to think I'm one of his more colourful clients from the entertainment industry, but oh no. And where can I buy this book? <laughs> anyway, just to, just to show that no hard feelings, Johnny is a wonderful man. And uh, as I say, he was, uh, you know, he was really good on radio and he was really great with me when I was learning learning the uh, learning the ropes his book is called a proper job living on the radio by johnny owen jumping johnny owen and uh you'll you'll find me there on uh page one 166 okay that i've written myself you won't find me in the book itself no no obviously. no, no. <laughs> so, so, so i didn't make an impression no like ian who worked in sales gets a mention really yeah but... You think he shoehorned something in, saying as you went to the effort of writing. I know. And this is what I don't understand. Like, when he asked me to write the first... I'm under no illusions, by the way, that I was the first person he asked. Right, okay. Uh, because there have been other people who he worked with at that radio station who've gone on to better things right. than I have. Uh, it's just like, you know, I managed to climb up a couple of rungs of the radio ladder. But, mm. but So I, th- I think, you know, I wouldn't have been the first. Right. But I would have thought... Just by dint of me, because people are reading this book, and then they get to the last page and think, oh, on, what, "What's this? This is a guy I've never heard of who's writing about Johnny." But I've just finished this book. He hasn't written. This about guy him. hasn't been mentioned. <laughs> oh, my self-esteem. <laughs> Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Who's the first one from? Darren. What does Darren say? As both of you are well familiar with dog ownership, I thought I would canvas your opinion on the following situation I find myself in sometimes, as I'm sure you'll sympathise. I have two small Bichon Fried dogs, and every evening I take them out to do their business before bedtime. As it's part of their routine, I only ever need to go a few yards from the house for them to go to the toilet. So on the rare occasion that I forget to take poo bags with me or the dispenser on their lead runs out, I don't have far to go to reload and go back and clean up that responsible dog owner. Yes, this is giving me anxiety. However, being a total drifter, even though it's a quiet road, Mm. no one is around and it's dark, I imagine that every curtain in every house has a pair of judgmental, accusatory eyes peering through the crack, ready to report me to the council for fouling the footpath. So I feel I have to make a big deal of taking out taking out load to my dogs and making a dramatic show of how I'm just popping back home to collect more bags before returning to clean up. Am I doing the right thing? Or is there some even more obvious statement I can make to make the neighbours realise I'm just not going to leave it? I mean, if that was me, and I think I've been in that situation, 
I pantomime act as if I was Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of talking supposedly to your dog, uh, yeah. not really. Oh, oh no. let's go yes. back in the house yeah, yeah, to get yeah. the bag. Yeah. Then back in the house to get the bag. Back yeah. in the house to get the bag. That's it. That so Annabelle's answered it. You treat your dog as if it was sooty. Yeah, you speak to it because I have something similar in that. So there's a place where I go to walk the dog, um, and there are no bins in the place so if he does a poo on, like towards the entrance what I would do is I'll leave the bag there and pick it and I don't want to carry it walk around with it for an hour I'll pick it up on the way back mm. but I don't want anyone thinking I'm just dumping the bag yes. on the street so I, I do do a, a sort of a I don't know what I do I don't do anything but I just feel really awful about it but do you feel like when you're putting it down yeah you're putting it down in such a way that I'm, just just stay there I'll be back for you in a bit I guess I'm doing I don't try and do it kind of covertly I do it very obviously. yeah 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 so and I sort of I think I think people know that's what you're doing because they if they're dog owners they know the situation there are mm. no bags there but yeah so I do I sympathize hugely but talking to the dog yeah it's the only is, way, is really, the way to it? do it yeah, yeah. loud stage whisper to dog yeah um, and this is from Annie if someone says do you mind if I smoke is it okay to say yes I do mind Ugh. or is the expectation that they can smoke as long as they have asked Oh, that's a good question. Oh, it's the worst. It is the worst. Because I, I think she's right. And I think if someone's saying, do you mind if I smoke? They're, they're just thinking that's their get-out clause. As long as they've asked, they can then now do it. Yeah, because like, I grew up in a house full of smoke. And mm. as a consequence, I hate the smell of smoke. I really hate it. And I can't say no if somebody... I don't Who know what could? the answer is. Who? What if they were doing it in a very enclosed space with your son? Would you still not say anything? Would oh, you say, oh, would you God, mind? That because... hasn't, I mean, I think maybe because the world's changed a little bit, like that hasn't happened yet. Mm. Um, <laughs> I probably wouldn't like if you're in a lift. People don't just say, <laughs> <laughs> say you were stuck in a lift and someone said, do you mind if I smoke? It's an awful question. I mean, I just remember, like, you'd still be, you'd be in a restaurant with somebody mm. and they'd have finished a course and you hadn't. And they'd say, oh, do you mind if I light up? Mm-hmm. And you can't say no. And then you're trying to eat and, like, breathing in somebody's cigarette smoke. Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, if it's a kid, I think I might be bold enough to say, oh, if you don't mind, not around him. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I think... You just have to sit there and what see. About, what about in your own house? What if you had a, a friend around for lunch and she said, do you mind if I smoke? Would you say, oh, would you mind going outside? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Oh, you'd be okay with that? Yeah, I'm not I'm letting a- somebody smoke inside what, my house. What about, I think I would say, oh, can you do it by the window? Oh, no, I'd say, oh, yeah, do you, want to, do you want to go in the back garden or do you want to go out front, I would say. Right, I'd give them okay. the, a, a, like they've got a big choice. <laughs> oh, which, which will I do? <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, no, right. but nobody... When has that last happened to you? Oh God! I they they just automatically go outside, don't they? Yeah, they know. I think they, they you know, <laughs> they they've been stigmatized <laughs> they've been to a point yeah, they where know. they know. Mm. But yeah, but I do think you know, say it's a taxi driver. Mm. I mean, all you can do is then put the windows down really pointedly and make everybody freezing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the answer there is, of course, you say yes. And they, ex- they probably expect you're going to say yes, but make as much passive aggressive fuss as you yes. can. Yes, yeah, it's exactly that. So they know not to do it again. Great. All right, there we go. Sorted. <laughs> 
And that was our podcast. If you have a story for us or if you have your own social situation for which you need to know the rules, uh, you can send us an email for Quandary Corner. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. And I'll finish by asking one question. Is Victor with you? (laughs) Adrift. Adrift. Podication time. Okay. Uh, What's going on here? Trying to find the podication. There we go. Uh, This comes from Katora Lewis, who says... Dear Jeff and Annabelle, I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of months now after my friend Matthew recommended it. Oh, thank oh, you, Matthew. Matthew. Great guy. Hey, Matthew. TV is it? <laughs> hey, Matthew. What will you be? Will you fight for your right? Will you be a man? Will you step aside? Will you give a damn? We're going to have to pay royalties to Carol Fielka oh, now. Oh, God. Can you edit it out? <laughs> um, I'd not really listened to podcasts before, so I was quite surprised at how quickly it became part of my weekly routine, often listening on my commute to from work. I'd like to request this podcast for Matthew, who clocked I could be a fellow drifter whilst we were working together on a project last year. We'd worked together on and off for a few years, but only really chatted briefly. However, this particular project meant we spent hours travelling and having dinner in random cities, and we realised we got on well since then. We've chatted about all sorts of things and often exchanged drifter stories over some cider. I'd like to say a massive thank you to him for all of the support whilst I looked at changing career. And I'd like to wish him good luck for the opening night of the theatre production he has directed and worked incredibly hard on over the past few months. I know that all of the research planning and hours of rehearsals have been tiresome, but the time and effort spent making the show so detailed have not gone unnoticed by everyone involved. I'm sure it'll be amazing. I want to know more. Me too. About the 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 show yeah we could have given it a plug i mean not that it would have sold any tickets but, <laughs> you know. um katora finishes by saying toy 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 or toi 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 she says she says toy 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 as they say but i don't know if that's i've never heard anybody either say toy toi toi or toi 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 there's a lot of things we need to know more about and i look forward to our general catch-ups exchanging awkward stories and exploring the local pubs resuming soon well, that's great. I always love it when people like us find each other. Yeah. Uh, and that's very much a story of that. And if you would like a podcast dedicating to you in a podication, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.